Welcome to Cornerstone Church's online sermons. This is Pastor Barry. Today is part two of a three-part series on kingdom finances. In the second message, we focus on financial faithfulness, choosing to be a people who faithfully dedicate the first 10% of our income to the Lord. I hope and pray you are encouraged and strengthened as you listen to today's message. Well, loved ones, um, we are in a three-part series for Kingdom Finances. And um, we talked about last week financial freedom. This week we're talking about financial faithfulness. And next week we're going to look at financial fruitfulness. Um, last week when we, when we walked through um, our time together about financial freedom, primarily we talked about the, the cost of debt. And not a, in some kind of an interest weight interest rate kind of way, but the cost of debt, that being in debt costs us the ability, the freedom to to be able to choose, because the more financial commitments you have, the less ability you have to choose um, to designate your finances. It takes away your choice. And then as well, it uh, it takes away the possibility of a miracle. It's not not always the cost of a miracle, but at least when the first thing we do is get into debt, we circumvent the possibility of God's miraculous provision. So those are the things we talked about. We came to a conclusion at the end of our service saying, which way are you you facing? Without condemnation, without weight or guilt, um, just the freedom to say, I'm going to face out of debt rather than face going into debt. We ask God to honor that commitment as we honor him in our finances. And so um, that, that uh, that was last week. We concluded as well with three scriptures talking about how the Lord would lead us the steps of the righteous are ordered by the Lord. Uh, the steps of a good man or a good person are ordered by the Lord. We talked about that him show, she would show us the path of life. And we talked about um, the path of the righteous is like the bright, like the, the dawn of day. It just gets brighter and brighter and brighter. And so we're trusting the Lord to make a commitment to walk, walk out of debt, to face freedom, um, that he will honor that commitment because we need his help to lead us and guide us in, in all of that. But today... Today we're going to talk about financial faithfulness and primarily about tithing. And for those people who have accused the church of all they do is talk about money, um, I'm grateful to accommodate that today. Uh, Last week, this week, and and next week. However, I think that I talk about tithing with some regularity. If you were to ask me, do we teach on tithing and talk about tithing, I... I would say, yes, it's not every Sunday, but certainly um, we teach on it. We believe it's biblical. We, uh, on and on. So I thought I should look at the last time that I talked about tithing. January 2017. I thought, well, surely I must have talked about it more recently in years like that. The, the, the previous time was October 2014. So you're absolutely right. If... If all we do is talk about tithing and finances and giving, you're, you're right. Every three years, without fail. Um, <laughs> and I was quite saddened not to be able to fulfill that accusation. But actually, I was, I was concerned that that's... I, I don't want to neglect to teach the whole counsel of God. And part of, I think, why I talk so infrequently about tithing is because I think we have a congregation of people who get it. And... Who, who understand it, and, and I think people who tithe, tithe, and people who don't, don't. And it, it's not a condemnation or a pressure, but, but 
I think, and I don't go through the records, I don't know who, who does and who doesn't, but I think that we as Cornerstone have an understanding um, of, of tithing. And, and yet, if you're new and, and don't know about tithing, it's going to be a great opportunity to, to learn and hopefully hear the heart of it. What I love about this scripture in John, it says, if the Son, talking about Jesus, therefore if the Son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. And it's referring to sin. It's referring to the context of sin. It's talking about if you commit sin, that you're going to be a slave to sin. You're going to be in bondage. You're uh, going to be bound under its grip and under its power. And Jesus can release us from the grip, the bondage, the power of sin. And we're grateful for that. But not only does he free us uh, from sin and the bondage and the grip, but I, I think, I believe, I trust, that he can free us from the grip of finances as well. Uh, the Bible says in Deuteronomy uh, chapter 30 that he sets before us blessing and cursing, life and death. And, and then he gives us a hint, choose life. And that's because, because when Christ comes into our life, we have the ability to choose. We have the freedom to choose. And it's not just choose whatever we want. That's, that's not Christianity, just choose whatever you want. It's, it gives us, when Christ comes into our life, we have the ability to choose what's right. We are no longer a dom- under the dominion, under the power of the grip of sin, so we have we have free choice. No longer uh, does sin reign over us in that way. Well, not only about sin, but I sure want that uh, in my life about finances. Being free from the grip of money. It has nothing to do. It has nothing to do with how much you have or how much you don't have, because there are people who have a lot who are bound by the grip of money. There are people who have a lot who are free from the grip of it. There are people who, who have a little, and, and they're bound by its grip. And there are people who have a little who, who are free. It really is an issue of the heart. And so one of the ways that, that we're able to place God first in our lives is placing him first in our finances. And so that's what we're going to talk about with this financial faithfulness and about tithing. And the word tithing, it means one-tenth, or it means tenth. So one-tenth. Ultimately, when we talk about tithing, we talk about giving the first 10% to the Lord. We are free to do that because money doesn't have a grip on us. There's a text that if, if you've ever heard a sermon about tithing or about giving, um, you will probably have heard this text in the book of Malachi. Malachi 3.10 that talks about bringing the tithes into the storehouse, that, that there would be a blessing that God pours out on us. The problem is, I think sometimes we interpret this text and we miss it because it's not, a, it somehow is, is implying, and this is what's been taught before, that we aren't already blessed. And I'm here to officially say we are already blessed. <laughs> we, we are already blessed. The problem isn't. The problem is God has already blessed us. And so the motivation, if our motivation is to be more blessed and to get more, then I think we miss the point and we miss the point of this verse. The the motivation why we tithe is not to get. If we give to get, to me that doesn't sound like God, that sounds like greed. If if the motivation is giving to get, that doesn't sound like God. Now we don't, we don't tithe that we might receive anything. We tithe on what we have already received. 
we declare that we're thankful. And it's an act of our gratefulness and our thankfulness of what we've already received. And so we, we have received, so we have something to give. When my kids were little, um, I would take them shopping for a gift for uh, for their sibling, or for their mom, for a teacher. Now, we homeschooled, so mom and the teacher were often the same. Um, when I say we homeschooled, that meant Audrey homeschooled. <laughs> Um, they would go out and I would take them shopping. They would select the gift. They would buy it and they would give it. So I just want to make it really, really clear. They would buy it and they would give it. But I would fund it. Okay. It was, I funded the gift. Everything, everything that our kids gave when they were little, it was because we funded them. Here's the money. You go buy the gift, and you give it. I, we, I never said to Audrey, just kind of out of the corner of my mouth, hey, I paid for that. You know, it, it, it wasn't it was somehow, <laughs> give me the credit. She figured it out. But the gift, the gift was from them. I gave them the money so they would have something to give. Make sense? I understand, yeah. God does the same for us. God funds us so we can have something to give back to him. It has come from him. We get to give it, and it is our gift. No, no question. There is a part that we play. We do the giving, but he funds it. It's the same principle. He never gave us all of it to keep. He only gave us 90% to determine how how we would spend it, and even that we need his guidance on. It's not just a free-for-all. But it, an, another point, and I, when I think about tithing and I give illustrations and my kids show up, it's probably because I'm a dad. And there's something about, about the heart of a father and his children. And, I, and I, I think there's something about the father heart of God with his children, about this whole issue of giving and tithing and resources. Our kids, when, when they were growing up and even when they begin to have jobs and have some source of income, usually an aunt, they would have some source of income. Um, we always told them, you don't need to pay for, for youth group. So whatever activities take place in youth, we will cover that. Whatever the cost is, you don't have to pay to go to church. You don't have to pay to, to go to the youth activity. Often, if there was a bigger event, it would cost $15. Youth, youth is 15 bucks this week. Okay. We, we will pay that. Very often as well, I didn't have a 10 and a 5. I would have a 20. Now, you know, I want you to watch this. Youth was $15. We were going to pay. But I didn't have a 10 and a 5, so I, I had a 20. And I gave them the $20 bill because we were going to pay for you. What is my expectation? That $5 is coming back because even though I gave them a $20 bill, I never gave them $20. I gave them $15. Even, even though I gave them a $20 bill, I only gave them $15. And, and God has never given us 100% of our income, even though he has entrusted us with 100% of our income. 
He has never given us the 100%, even though he's entrusted us with the 100%. I never gave them the $20. I, I entrusted them with it. I gave them the 15 and that's And that's where we come to this issue of tithing, because I don't think it's primarily financial. Tithing is an issue of trust. And for many people, it's a step to say, can I trust God? But I don't believe that's the primary issue of tithing. It's can God trust us? I didn't need the five bucks back. If I did, we, how much trouble would we been in? That, that it, we're not going to get groceries this month because of youth. And you kept, it, it's not that somehow God needs the five bucks, that he has a lack of provision. But he does need or he does, does want us to trust him and wants to be able to, to trust us. And regardless of how much he is entrusted with us, a lot or a little, it's an issue of trust. And he makes it so brilliantly equal for all of his kids, like a dad, equal for all of his kids. It's not an amount, it's a percentage. You have never heard advertised. Cornerstone Church, home of the 7% tithe. Right, that's not... That's not part of our marketing. That's not part of our advertising, you know, or, or 5% for the first three months. And then 18 for the next. You know, it, it's, it's not like that about tithing. It's, it's just, it's one dime on every dollar. No matter how many dollars, we get to keep nine, we give one. That's why tithing is not primarily a financial issue. It's a faithfulness issue. And I don't think it's about greed. I, I don't think it's just because people are so greedy. I've known wonderful, marvelous, loving, caring, kind, generous, considerate people. But there's a grip, and there's a need, and there's a, a source issue. Where does our source come from? And the need is real. But it doesn't do the undo the priority of giving to God first. That's already His. If you want to join me, if you have your Bibles, we will display it on the screen. But Genesis chapter 14. Somehow tithing is connected to an understanding. I think it's not just an understanding about money. It's an understanding about God and how we see and how we view God. In Genesis chapter 14, Abram, who will become Abraham, has been promised by God that God would bless him. Back in chapter 12, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to make your name great. Through you, the, all the nations of the earth are going, to be blessed, are going to be blessed. To your descendants, I'll give this land, he told Abraham back in chapter 12. And Abraham builds an altar place of worship, and he comes back to this place again. Um, Chris mentioned about Sodom, that Abraham's nephew Lot was living in Sodom. War broke out in the midst of the, these days. In the midst of this battle, Sodom was taken, and it was plundered, and people were taken captive, including Abraham's nephew Lot. God said he's going to bless Abraham. Abraham's nephew Lot was living in Sodom. War breaks out. Sodom's taken. They, Lot's taken captive. And here we are in Genesis chapter 14, beginning at verse 11. It says this, And they took all the goods of Sodom and Gomorrah. So the invading army took all the goods of Sodom and Gomorrah, took all the, the provisions, and went their way. They also took Lot, Abram's, who had become Abram, uh, Abram's brother's son, who dwelt in Sodom and his goods, and departed. Then one who had escaped came and told Abram the Hebrew, for he dwelt by the terebinth trees of Mamre, uh, the Amorite, the brother of Eshcol, the brother of Aner, uh, and they were allies with Abram. 
And when Abram heard that his brother was taken captive, it's his nephew, he armed his 318 trained soldiers who were born in his own house and went in pursuit as far as Dan. Dan's a place named after a person. He divided his forces against them by night. He and his servants attacked and pursued them as far as Hobah, which is north of Damascus. So he brought back all the goods and also brought back his brother Lot, his nephew Lot, and his goods as well as the women and the people. And the king of Sodom went out to meet him in the valley of Shabbath, that is the king's valley. After his return from the defeat of, I didn't practice that name, and the kings who were with him, I want you to see what happens here. Verse 18. Then Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought out bread and wine. He was the priest of God Most High. King Melchizedek. And he was a priest of God Most High. King of Salem, the king of peace. Brings out bread and wine. This beautiful picture of communion. At, at the return of captivity. <laughs> at the return of rescuing those who had been taken captive. They pause. Hebrews will talk about Jesus being a priest after the order of Melchizedek. Brings out bread and wine. He's a priest and a king. And look what the text says. And he blessed him and said, Blessed be Abram of God Most High, possessor of heaven and earth. I just do that. God Most High. He makes this declaration. God Most High. Higher than anything, higher than anyone. It's a place of position and power and rulership, authority. God Most High. Possessor of heaven and earth. It's all His. Some versions will say creator of heaven and earth. Is He still the possessor? He is. Possessor of heaven and earth. It's all His. Creator. He can still create. Not, not invent. Invent is taking something, making something out of something, like Lego. Take it and make and invent. Look what you've created. Uh, pardon me, look at what you've invented. When it talks about God being creator, he creates something out of nothing. There was nothing, let there be, and there was. He acknowledges God most high, possessor of heaven and earth, creator of heaven and earth. Verse 20, and blessed be God most high who has delivered your enemies into your hand. And he, Abram, gave him, Melchizedek, gave him a tithe of all. He acknowledges this. God brought you the victory. Abram had 318 trained soldiers and they went to battle. They, they did all that they invested in. But, but the glory, the credit, the acknowledgement is this. God brought the victory. Who has delivered your enemies into your hand. Remember, he is the source of our victory. And it's that phrase, delivered them into your hand. He has given it into your hand. Now what are you going to do with what's in your hand? What has been delivered into our hands? And in that moment, Abram gave him a tenth. Gave him a tenth of all. Gave him a tithe. 
in the last few verses that we'll read together. This morning it says, Now the king of Sodom said to Abram, this isn't the king of Salem, this isn't Melchizedek, this is the king of Sodom, said to Abram, Give me the persons and take the goods for yourself. Remember when they plundered the city, they took the people and they took all the stuff. But Abram said to the king of Sodom, I have raised my hand, I have raised my hand to the Lord, God most high, the possessor of heaven and earth, that I will take nothing from a thread to a sandal strap, and I will not take anything that is yours, lest you should say, I have made Abram rich, except only what the young man have eaten and the portion of the man who went with me and just let them have their portion. Give me the people. You can have the stuff, said the king. Abram uses this phrase, I have raised my hand to God most high possessor, possessor of heaven and earth. I have made a covenant. I have raised my hand to him. We live in covenant. He said he would bless me. And I believe him. We, we live in covenant. I have raised my hand. God will bless me. But my increase will not come from taking what is not mine. I won't touch it. Any credit for my blessing, my provision, my wealth is because I serve the, the possessor of heaven and earth. And dear ones, that's what tithing is all about. Long before the law, that's what tithing is about. I will pass on the riches of this world and this economy with its provision if it means taking what's not mine. It's the heart of tithing. God said he'll bless us. And he has. And so we do not tithe on what he hasn't given us. We simply tithe on what he's already given us. That's why tithing is not to get. Tithing is because we've already got. We've already received. We tithe on what he's given us. Malachi, if we, we looked back and often we hear this, this scripture shared in sermons about tithing, but I, I don't want to miss something that's in this that we don't focus on. It says, will a man rob God? You have robbed me. But you say, in what way have you robbed me? And tithes, tithes and offerings. And then it, then it goes on in, in this verse 310 we looked at already about God opening the storehouse. Or pardon me, bring, bringing the tithes and the offerings into the storehouse. And such a blessing that we can't contain. Sometimes we, we focus on the will you, you're robbing God, you're robbing God. Somehow as if God needs it. But the robbing God, I think, is the illustration about giving my kids the $20 bill and not receiving the five back. But I don't think it's just God that's robbed. I think we, we get robbed when we don't follow this. There's, there's in this, in Malachi 10, about try me. In that, in that section, it says, test me, try me, and see if, if I won't do this, if I won't open the windows of heaven. But I, I don't believe it's tithing in this moment. It's, pardon me, test me in this moment or try me in this moment, God's saying. I think he's saying, test me in this pattern, not, not this one moment. If, if I want to get healthy, if I want to live a lifestyle of health, and I tell you that, that today I... I ate a salad for lunch. Aren't I healthy? 
probably not. There needs to be some credibility built up over, over time. And I, I think that's what the Lord is saying about trying me in this. It's not just try it once and see if it works. There's a pattern. There's a priority. There's a principle. And, you know, I am grateful. I'm grateful for the stories of people who tell this, who tell the story of I didn't have enough money to give. I didn't have enough money to tithe. I didn't have enough money to meet my expenses, but I did it anyway. And the next day, there was a check in the mail. And the next day, somebody came and gave this. And the next day, I wasn't expecting it. It's a miracle. And listen, I rejoice in those moments. The problem is, that's their story that we think will be our story. And we don't always have that same story. I tied, they gave, and nothing happened. It's because it's not about a moment. It's about a principle and it's about a pattern. It's, it's when we have second window miracles is what we're looking for. You know what the second window miracle is? It's not the, the windows of heaven. It's the windows of McDonald's. Right, we get to the first window there, we paid. And by the time we get to the second window, the answer better be there and don't make me wait. But that's not how it works. And the Lord says, try me and test me and see if I won't pour out the, uh, the windows of heaven such a blessing that you can't contain. There is, a, there is a promise of provision, but we don't get to choose the provision. And He is a miracle-working God. We just don't get to choose the miracle. He, he is God, our provider. And how He's going to provide, we don't know. And He is a miracle-working God. And, and we believe in that. We just don't know what miracle is going to take place. Faithful in 10%. I mean, he doesn't call us just to be faithful in 10%. We need to be, we don't get to just make a terrible mess of the rest. But we can start by saying, I'm going to be faithful with this because it's not mine. It's the Lord. And tithing, it's all his. It's a sacrifice, no question. But it's, it's his and may it be a sacrifice of joy and of praise. Tithing is, is not giving of our excess. If somehow we think, well, we're going to see to the end of the month, and either we have, we have lots, of, we, we give and we don't notice it. That's the excess, or, or we, we'll see what happens at the end and we'll give what's left over. And we, we give our first 10% to the Lord and say, God, I need you to bless the other 90 as I place you first in my life and first in my, my finances. And I know there are so many people who have too much month for their money. Too, too, too much month. But it doesn't invalidate giving to the Lord first, kingdom finances. We're going to pray. Kingdom finances, last week we talked about facing out of debt. God wants us free. And then today, financial faithfulness. Tithing our first 10% because it's His. And we give sacrificially, but we give joyfully. Lord, this is Yours. Next week, we're going to talk about uh, giving and offerings and how we can be a blessing to this world in which we live as finances do not have a grip on us, but instead, God has a grip on us and can use us because he can trust us to bless this world in which we live. Let's go ahead and pray together, shall we? God, thank you. Heavenly Father, thank you. Thank you that you are a loving Heavenly Father that you never speak to us with a tone that is condemning, that is judgmental and critical, but instead, God, 
when you bring correction. It's not punishment for our past, but it's discipline for our future. And God, for wherever we we need your correction in our lives, to have you first in our finances. God, would you speak to us? We want your glory to be revealed on our house and even our, on our house of finances. God, that there would not be anything out of sync, out of line with how your word has unfolded. God, for those this morning who struggle with finances and struggle with provision and struggle with giving and struggle with tithing, not because of evil hearts or wickedness or or stinginess, but God, just just because it's a struggle in this economy and, and in their personal economy, there is lack and there is need. Oh God, I pray for your provision. I pray for your miraculous touch. I pray for your intervention. God, that you would work the miracle that there would be enough, that there would be no lack named among us because you are our God. There is a God who is alive and well. You are our provider. You are our source. And there be no lack named here in this house and in our houses. God, we pray that you would help us to walk free from debt and free from the grip of money that we might be faithful to give to you what you have already given us. God, your blessing on our lives, we want to bless you. In Jesus' name we pray. Thank you for listening to this online message. May God richly bless you as we follow Jesus together.